Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Into the Huddle podcast. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Ditto. And we are back after the divisional round. And it was a really interesting divisional round. There were some blowouts, which was kind of disappointing. But there were also some really close games, like the 49ers and the Cowboys going right down to the wire. A lot of big teams lost. Some of the favorites also won. There's a lot to get to. And we are not only going to recap the divisional round, but we are also going to make our predictions for championship weekend. We have two great games coming up in the 49ers at Philadelphia and the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. So let's get right to it. Let's start with the AFC and the games that happened in that conference this past weekend. On Saturday, the Chiefs defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars by a score of 27-20. to It really wasn't as close as the score would indicate because the Jaguars did get a late garbage time touchdown. But I think the big storyline coming away from this game is the performance of Patrick Mahomes because in the first or second quarter, Patrick Mahomes was hit low. He got an ankle injury. He had to go out for a few possessions. Chad Henney was put in. He drove the Chiefs down the field and helped them score a touchdown. But when Mahomes came back, he was incredible, given that he literally could not move because of how bad his injury was. What would you make of his performance? I mean, he played solid, especially for that second half where he couldn't move. He he, he got the job done. Uh the rest of the Chiefs, they really picked up the slack. They were able to work without him. The run game, this is probably one of the best running performances the Chiefs have ever had, running for almost 150 yards. They almost never do that. So, uh, I mean, I think this team is still good. And, uh, you know, I think Mahomes, with, a, you know, a week to rest, I think he'll be – I think he'll be all right. Yeah, I think this was just another one of the great moments in Mahomes' career, which adds to his legacy. Because there were a few plays, for example, the second touchdown he scored, where he could not put any weight on his on his right leg, I believe it was. And that's his throwing leg. Like if you think of most quarterbacks in the NFL, they rely on their back leg to make most of their throws to support them. And the fact that he couldn't rely on that at all, and he had to basically not even move in the pocket and somehow was able to still make jump passes and make amazing throws and drive his team down the field against a pretty solid Jaguars defense. I thought that was extremely impressive. At the same time, I think Andy Reid deserves a ton of credit because even when Mahomes was injured, Chad Henney was put in and Chad Henney drove them 98 yards down the field and they scored a touchdown. So this Andy Reid and Mahomes duo, they're fully in sync right now. I am concerned about the injury moving forward and we're going to talk about that in a bit. But for now, let's talk about the Jaguars. I mean, if you're a Jaguars fan, you have to be happy with how their season went, right? Yeah, I mean, this was not expected for them to be making the playoffs after they had, you know, the number one pick two years in a row. And, uh, I mean, you know, they kind of started off slow, took the loss to the Texans, but they had a really good second half of the season. And, you know, getting to the playoffs, getting a win versus the Chargers, I mean – that's really all you could ask for this season, get a playoff win. That's something that hasn't happened in Jacksonville since, uh, you know, Blake Bortles was at the helm. So, Yeah, I mean, I think the Jaguars should be really optimistic about their future. Doug Peterson has done a great job. Trevor Lawrence has gone from a bust to a probably top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I do think we need to slow down a little bit on the Trevor Lawrence hype. I saw a lot of people calling him a top five quarterback after 
the Jaguars come back against the Chargers. And like even in this game, one touchdown, one interception. Overall in the playoffs, he had the same number of touchdowns, interceptions. So he has really improved. But I still think there's a lot of room to grow. And I still expect him to see him grow. And I hope he grows because he was marketed as this like generational talent. And I don't know if you agree with me, but in terms of like talent and what I've seen on the field, I don't think he's at the same level as Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, definitely nowhere. Definitely not, but I mean, he he still is a super solid quarterback. I think this is kind of what they expected this year is kind of what they expected from him, you know, expecting him to to show up and be like, uh, like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes by his second year in the league. I just, that's not really what the expectation should have been for even a number one overall pick who was amazing in college. I mean, you just can't put those types of expectations on a guy. He's very good. And I think he's, he's about where my expectations were with being a, a very solid quarterback. Yeah. And hopefully next year he'll take the next step forward. And in that division, it's definitely one of the easiest divisions in the NFL. So it should be very winnable. Yeah, exactly. We should expect to see the Jaguars back there. I think that's a realistic expectation for next season. Now let's talk about the other AFC game, which was on Sunday. And this one was a lot less competitive than the first one. The Bills hosted the Bengals. This was a snow game. Everyone's thinking the Bills at home in the snow. They're going to have a huge advantage. The Bengals just squeaked by the Ravens the week before, whereas the Bills had just squeaked by the Dolphins. You picked the Bills. I picked the Bengals. But from the first drive, the Bengals just asserted their dominance on both sides of the ball. What you make of their performance? They won 27-0, to zero, and it should have been a much greater margin of victory because this was not particularly close. I mean, yeah, so the Bengals dominated, dominated them through the air, on the ground, on defense. I mean, the Bills' offense looked totally inept. Josh Allen, like, read, led the team in rushing yards, and he had, like, 20 rushing yards. It was pretty terrible from the Bills. He didn't throw a touchdown. He, he threw one pick. And then on the other hand, Joe Burrow, two touchdowns. Uh, the run game, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon had over 100 yards. I mean, they were just firing on all cylinders. Yeah, this was one of the most impressive performances from a Bengals perspective I've seen all season, but also probably the most disappointing performance from any team. I picked the Bengals, but I thought it was going to be close. I thought it was going to be a one-possession game and that Joe Burrow was going to make a late-game heroic play or that Josh Allen was going to make a horrible mistake at the end of the game. I certainly did not expect that the Bengals offensive line was going to completely manhandle the Bills defensive line. And similarly, as you mentioned, the Bills could not run the ball. The Bengals defense, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated defenses in the league. They don't really have any superstars. They don't have any big names. But, you know, limiting the Bills to 10 points. Last year in the AFC Championship, preventing the Chiefs from scoring a second-half touchdown. Even in that whole playoff run, including the Super Bowl, the Bengals' defense really did a great job. So overall, a ton of credit needs to go to the Bengals. And especially, I think we need to give a big shout-out to Zach Taylor. Because certainly I was one of the people who said that he was a bad head coach after his first two years in the league. But, you know, making a Super Bowl, making an AFC Championship the year after that, you know, you can't admit to that having a bad head coach. He, You know, Joe Burrow gets most of the credit, but I think he should have a share of the credit as well because he's done a great job in Cincinnati. Now let's talk about the Bills for a second because this is a third consecutive disappointing loss. Every year, they seem to be moving further away from their goal of winning a Super Bowl. Next year, 
They are getting a few players back, Vaughn Miller, Micah Hyde, but they also have a few free agents. You know, do you think this is like going to be the loss that ends this run of really impressive performances Look, from the Bills? I think as long as they have Josh Allen and Sean McDermott, I think they're going to be still, you can pencil them into the playoffs. You can pencil them as, you know, early favorites for the Super Bowl. But, I mean, with the guys they're losing, I just don't see how they really take a step forward. They're not getting any high first-round picks. I mean, it's they're going to need to hit on some late-rounders as find some hidden gems to be able to get back to where they have been right now. Because, I mean, you look at this roster, and, I mean, they are set up to win Super Bowls. I mean, they they want to go all the way. And they're losing some guys, and I just don't see how they, they make it up without getting very lucky. Yeah, I kind of think this may be the end of the Bills' Super Bowl window. And the reason I say that is because the AFC is only getting better. They kind of had this this gap, this these couple of years where, yeah, there was Mahomes, but really most of the AFC quarterbacks were very young, and they hadn't started to reach their prime yet. Now you have Burrow in his prime. We're going to talk about Burrow in a second and how amazing his start to his career has been. Burrow's entering his prime. Justin Herbert's entering his prime. Lamar Jackson, even if he leaves the Ravens, he could still go to another AFC team and make them really viable within their own division. The Dolphins have become interesting again. The Steelers, you know, they're on the ups. The Browns, what if Deshaun Watson, you know, comes back to being what he was when he was at the Texans? There are a lot of great teams in this AFC and honestly, the Bills are trending downwards. I thought with the acquisition of Vaughn Miller, that would make a huge difference. But he got hurt. He's now 34. He's coming off a major injury. We don't know how he's going to be. Beyond Stefan Diggs, who's their number two receiver? You know, Davis? He's okay. He had a great game in the divisional round last year. But he hasn't been consistently great. They have no good running game. They rely on Josh Allen too much. And they keep choking in the playoffs. So, yeah, I think the Bills, you know, they I think they lost their chance. I think I would be surprised if they get to a Super Bowl within the next couple of years because of all the reasons I mentioned. And ultimately, yeah, I think you have to look at Josh Allen, too, because he did not play well these playoffs. And overall, he's not improving. He is going on, similarly to the Bills, he is getting worse. As the years go by, that 2020 season was phenomenal. These next two seasons, too many mistakes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's disappointing from a Bills perspective. Let's talk about Joe Burrow for a second, though, because, as I mentioned, he's been to a Super Bowl already. He's on the verge of making another one. If he wins against Mahomes on Sunday, I mean, I think there's a legitimate argument to say he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Do you agree with me, or am I crazy? I mean, I, I just don't really see, I guess, you know, having him beat Mahomes two years in a row in the playoffs. But, I mean, just the body of work that Mahomes has put together, all these regular seasons he's had, a Super Bowl win. Um, I mean, just the consistency over what's been like five years, just being consistently like everyone said he's he's the best. I'm, I don't see how winning this next one I just don't see you putting Joe Burrow over Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, but I, I definitely think... I think there's the argument, argument there, but I, 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 don't, I don't really see it. All right, let's move all over to our predictions now for this game. 
Mahomes is going to play, but he will be limited. I'll start with my prediction. I think the Mahomes injury is a huge deal because I understand that Mahomes is still a phenomenal quarterback, even on one leg. He's like, even on one leg, he's probably a top 10, top five quarterback in the league, even if he has to stay in the pocket. But against this Bengals team, which is on fire, they have won over 10 games in a row. Their defense is playing great. Joe Burrow is playing great. Their running game is great. They seem to find a way to make the run game work despite their O-line injuries. The only way I see the Chiefs winning this game is if Mahomes is gives a classic Mahomes performance, not even a classic Mahomes performance, an all-time Mahomes performance, which he's certainly capable of, but I'm not sure if he's capable of that on one leg. I think the Bengals are going to scheme really heavily to make sure they blitz him a lot. Really, he's going to be affected. He, you know, a huge part of his game is his mobility. And I think if that's impaired, that's going to be a big deal. I'm not saying a blowout, but I do think the Bengals win this game simply due to the Mahomes injury and simply because they are on fire. What do you think? Look, I kind of agree with you on the, you know, it is going to take a great all-time game from Mahomes uh, for them to get the win here. But I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think Mahomes coming off the loss last year, I just don't see how he's, one, going to let them lose again. And, two, I think uh, even if they do send pressure at him, I just don't see who's covering guys like Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster on the Cincinnati Bengals team. And so because of that, I think Mahomes can definitely turn in an all-time performance at home in Arrowhead. And I, I just think he can get the job done better than Joe Burrow, and that's I think he is the best quarterback in the NFL. One of the most interesting statistics going into this game is that the Bengals have won three in a row against the Chiefs. So, you know, if you're picking the Chiefs like you are, I think the Chiefs have some extra motivation. Yeah, they, are, they are not taking the Bengals for granted, and the Bengals are actually the favorites in this game. The Chiefs have never been the underdogs under Mahomes. I think that's certainly a thing to, you know, think about because – now they can play the underdog card, the no one believes in us card. That's certainly going to play a role. I'm still going to pick the Bengals, though. So I picking the Bengals, you pick the Chiefs. Hopefully it'll be an all-timer. Last year was pretty great. Hopefully we'll see something similar this year. Let's move over to the NFC now and really quickly touch on the Eagles' demolition of the New York Giants. This was kind of what I thought would happen because I don't trust Daniel Jones. You picked the Giants in this game, so I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, what happened I, here? I'm I'm not really sure what happened here for the Giants. Um, certainly not their best performance. Uh, Daniel Jones, he just wasn't playing the way he was at the end of the season. The run game for the Giants was uh, not great, even with Saquon Barkley. And the defense, I mean, just early in the game, weren't, weren't able to get the job done. See, uh, the Eagles scored like, 28 unanswered in the first half, and it was just – it was kind of downhill from there. You said you don't know what happens. I'll tell you what happens. The Eagles ran the ball all over the Giants. Jalen Hurts looked like MVP contender Jalen Hurts. Miles Sanders was great. A.J. Brown made a few big catches. Devontae Smith was impactful in this game. And on the other hand, you had Daniel Jones. And as much as – Brian Dayball has managed to to make Daniel Jones look like a solid quarterback. He's still Daniel Jones. 
He's still the guy who for three years, no one thought was a legitimate franchise quarterback. And once you, he actually played a fantastic defense in the Philadelphia Eagles that has superstars everywhere on the field, there was nothing he could do. And, you know, a lot of people were saying the Eagles might have been frauds because they haven't been playing well as of late. But I think that bye week really helped them, and they're looking really good moving forward. So, yeah, let's move on to the next game, though. The last game, which was the closest one, the San Francisco 49ers played the Dallas Cowboys. This was a low-scoring game, and I don't know what you thought, but in my opinion, this simply came down to Brock Purdy not making any mistakes and Dak Prescott turning the ball over. Dak's turnovers were big. Some people are calling for his job now, saying the Cowboys should get rid of him. What do you make Cooper of this whole? Rush. What no, do you make of this whole situation? I mean, one the the Dallas Cowboys like official team Twitter was just burying him out there, and then oh really? What did they say? They said uh, you know his turnovers were were crucial, self inflicted injuries, and I was just like, oh man, like that's the own team Twitter saying that about Dak Prescott. That was cold, and so uh, I mean, I don't think they can really like get rid of him. I don't know who's going to take his contract or anything. I'm sure someone would, but like, you know, he's kind of, he's just good enough to like keep the starting job, get him to the Super Bowl. But I mean, you see those turnover numbers that he has a lot of self-inflicted like wounds for their team. I just don't see him being the guy to win a Super Bowl in Dallas. He's just kind of a, it's kind of a Tony Romo. Totally agree. And the Cowboys are kind of stuck with him because he has a huge contract, which is, as you mentioned, is going to be very hard to move. And it's not like he's a bad quarterback. He's a top 15 quarterback, yeah. at least. I, don't, I also don't see where they're like, the, what are they going to be drafting? Like 22, 23, exactly. something like that. They're not getting a good quarterback at that spot who can take Dak's job. So unless they want to take a, a project guy who can, you know, sit for a few years, but then it's like, well, you know, what if Dak becomes something in a few years and then you got like Jordan Love sitting behind Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron doesn't want to move, you know? It's it, it's tough to it's tough to move on from Dak when he's not bad enough that you're not making the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. And really what I want to ask is what's the difference between Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins? I mean, they have similar playoff records, they have similar statistics. Kirk Cousins might even have better statistics. You know, Kirk doesn't turn the ball over. Kirk Cousins doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't have as many wild plays as Dak, but he, you know, the alternative is Dak throwing two crucial interceptions. And just they are like those interceptions cost the 49ers the game. Yeah. Or sorry, cost the Cowboys the game. Because one was in their own territory. The 49ers took it, scored a field goal. One was when the Cowboys were about to score. So it not only prevented the Cowboys from scoring, but then the 49ers took it and scored a field goal at the end of the half. So those turnovers you cannot have in a playoff game. And it's not like it was some tip passes that were just lucky interceptions. These were just simply I mean, yeah, that first one in their own red zone, I mean, that was just straight to the cornerback. That wasn't even – that was just a terrible throw by Dak. Terrible read. Absolutely. And, you know, let's also quickly touch on – the last play of the game. And I don't want to dwell on this for too long because, you know, the Cowboys were down a touchdown. They did need to score. They were on their own 20-yard line. But they did attempt what I think we can safely call one of the worst plays in NFL history, 
where Ezekiel Elliott snapped the ball to Dak Prescott. For some reason, there was nobody on the offensive line. So Ezekiel Elliott was immediately pushed to the ground. And then Dak had to quickly get rid of it before he got sacked to a player who was immediately then tackled by the 49ers. It was the last play of the game. They were probably not going to score anyway, but still really embarrassing, yeah. right? I mean, I'm not totally sure what exactly. I guess they were going for like a screen to the outside with the O-lineman blocking out there, but it didn't really make sense. And then you put Zeke at center for some reason. And, you know, I mean, they're, they're going to run out there with at least one defensive lineman. So, you know, he's getting put right into the lap of the quarterback after, after like a second. So I I just wasn't really sure where the Dallas Cowboys were, uh, were thinking that play was going to go. but. I mean, they got eight yards when they needed, like, 70, so. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think they could outdo themselves from last year. Remember last year with the clock expiring, they ran yeah, a that's definitely Yeah, that's definitely way worse. I mean, that's just, like, dumb play calling. Like, this year, like, well, maybe if it had, like, worked how they drew it up, like, it could have been something. But that last year was just, just silly. Yeah, I mean, Mike McCarthy, I still don't think he's the guy for the job, but he does have two 12-win seasons now. So I don't think the Cowboys are going to get rid of him, especially because Jerry Jones does not like to fire head coaches. Really quickly before we move on to predicting the NFC Championship game, I have kind of an idea for what the Cowboys might do. So obviously we were talking about how they might want to move on from Dak Prescott. That's obviously very difficult due to his contract. But what if they went and traded for a certain former MVP quarterback who's looking for a new team, who wants to play in a more pass-centric offense, who has a huge name and a huge brand, what if they went out and traded for Lamar Jackson? The Ravens franchise tag Lamar Jackson, if that happens. I, I mean, I think it's certainly a possibility that the Cowboys, Jerry Jones is no stranger to making a big splash. You know, if the Ravens franchise tag Lamar Jackson, they could then trade Lamar Jackson for Dak Prescott, plus a few first-round picks. I mean, I think Lamar Jackson would certainly be a very interesting fit in this team. The line is very strong. The running game is very strong. There are great receivers. And he, I think he can certainly shine in the spotlight that is being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it it seems to work. There's some things about it, like how much draft capital are they really going to give up for Lamar Jackson? Because just Dak Prescott, like we we both agree that's not getting it done. Right. But- I mean, first round picks, you got to think these Cowboys first round picks are all going to be pretty late. So are they going to give up two, three late first rounders? I mean, uh, it just doesn't seem like Jerry Jones to be giving up a lot of picks, though. To get Lamar Jackson, especially with this O-line and the have him with Zeke and Tony Pollard. I mean, that would be a scary running offense. And I mean, still passing the ball, they'd be pretty good. I'm just not sure Mike McCarthy would be the guy to call plays for him. I think they would get need to get more of a, a run the ball, maybe bring someone over from the Ravens to to call plays for him. So I think uh I think it could work though. I'm not sure Jerry Jones would be willing to do it. Right. There are definitely some obstacles in the way. But if you're Jerry Jones, I think you have to take a risk because for too long it hasn't been good enough. You've had these good quarterbacks in Tony Romo and Dak Prescott who are good enough to make the playoffs, but they're not good enough to win a Super Bowl. I think making a big splash is what they should do because having, you know, think about the Rams. The Rams gave up their entire future for a chance to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, look where they are now. They are really bad now, but they did win the Super Bowl. 
I think if you ask most Cowboys fans, they would trade just one Super Bowl win for five years of being one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, would you? Would you think that's a – would you do that if you were a football fan? I mean, yeah, probably. But, I mean, you'd rather, you know, build more for long-term success, not have to give up those first-round picks. I mean, maybe they go with a guy like Anthony Richardson out of Florida in the late first, maybe in the second round of the draft. I mean, he's got a skill set quite similar to Lamar Jackson, less polished as a passer. But, uh, I mean, you look at him athletically, they're, they're, you know, cut from the same mold. So, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. I definitely think they need to do something. They can't just stay in their current situation. So finally, let's predict the NFC Championship game. Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers travel to face Jalen Smith and the Philadelphia Eagles. Who do you think is winning this game? Does the Purdy Cinderella story continue, or do the one-seed Eagles get the job done at home? Look, I I really like Brock Purdy. Um, you know, I think the run game, that really travels well uh, late, in, late in the season, in the playoffs, in the cold. I think Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, you know, I think they're going to run the ball well. I think they're going to keep it close, and Brock Purdy's going to not make any mistakes. That's kind of the name of his game, and just let this offense work. And that great defense, I think, can hold Jalen Hurts pretty well. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the 49ers. I'm going to disagree with you here, and I think this is going to be extremely tight, extremely low scoring. It's going to be cold. Both teams are going to have to run the ball. It's going to come down to a few big plays, but I think this is the game where Brock Purdy is finally exposed. And I'm not saying exposed like he's a fraud, but he's not going to look as great as he has been looking. Even this past game against the Cowboys, there were a few plays where he almost turned the ball over. And really, if Dak doesn't have two terrible interceptions, the Cowboys probably win that game. I mean, if the San Francisco 49ers punt returner can catch the ball, it, they probably also win that game. That's certainly fair, but I simply don't see Jalen Hurts making the same mistakes that Dak did. This game is in Philadelphia. I think that's a huge factor. Brock Purdy has never played against a quarterback as good as Jalen Hurts. He's never played in as much of a hostile environment as Philadelphia. And also this Eagles team is just so stacked on both sides of the ball. Pro bowlers everywhere, receivers, running backs, offensive linemen, people in the secondary, defensive linemen. They are stacked. So are the 49ers. Yeah, I, the 49ers definitely are too. Absolutely. But I asked myself, what do the Eagle, what the 49ers have that the Eagles don't? And I mean, you could argue McCaffrey better than Miles Sanders. I think that's I think that's closer than most people would think. AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, in my opinion, better duo than Brandon Ayuk and Devo Samuel. And the defenses are pretty similar. And what's the big difference? I think there are two big difference makers in this game. One, the Eagles are playing at home. And two, who do you trust to make a big play late? Jalen Hurts or Brock Purdy? Who do you trust when there is nothing the defense is giving you to just completely run by everyone or evade a few tacklers, evade a sack, and then throw a pinpoint ball 60 yards down the field to A.J. Brown? I trust Jalen Hurts. I know Brock Purdy has been great, but I think the magic ends here. Give me Brock Purdy. The legend continues. We'll see what happens. We'll have a little rematch in the Super Bowl. Chiefs 49ers. That'll be interesting. I mean. How would that sound? That sounds. I think no matter what, 
you have to be happy with what Super Bowl matches we get. It's not like a few years ago where the Jaguars with Blake Bortles, the Vikings with Case Keenum, and who else? The uh, the Eagles with Nick Foles could have made the Super Bowl. So no matter what happens, I think we'll have a great Super Bowl. Hopefully we'll have some great games. Definitely stay tuned for our episode after next week where we will talk about that and make our Super Bowl predictions. So once again, thank you so much for listening to the Into the Huddle podcast. Make sure you watch the games this weekend. They will be very entertaining. And tune in next week to hear our thoughts. Thanks and goodbye.